Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we have such a great expert, Shannon Shern, who is the director of Lifestyles Intervention Company and also the co-founder of Relish Life. Hey Shannon, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. This is great. Now, I want to tell everybody a little bit about Shannon. She was a former circus acrobat, and that has not been the only thing. She's a mother of two. Their program actually talks about Finding your resources, the root causes of weight loss, and finding your resources is really not only a simple reboot, it's also finding out what's causing a lot of the things. And that's why I thought she would be a great guest for our show, and it really is another resource that we can find and hear somebody else's perspective on how we change behaviors, how what chronic stress means for us, and also how to just keep excelling and leveling up. Shannon, how did you get into that? So how did you go from circus performer to well how did you become a circus performer i think that is the coolest thing well yeah it is all kind of a, a wild circuitous route that i've taken in my life um starting as a photojournalist actually and then uh kind of hitting a place where i was super unhealthy and my chiropractor is having all sorts of back problems my chiropractor was like you need to work out and i was like oh i don't do that that's <laughs> not a thing that i I do. Um, but I had been a gymnast as a kid and I thought, you know, let me just find like an adult gymnastics class or something and see if I can get fit that way. Cause I'm not going to a gym and lifting weights. And, um, there's this place in San Francisco, it's just down the street called circus center. And so just kind of walked in there and started taking some classes and, um, really it was just a, a good way to get me to stop drinking beer at night. So I'd <laughs> go there and, and do something healthy instead. And um, the the coaches there were like, you know, we have a group going over to Montreal to audition for Cirque du Soleil training program. We think you should go. And I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> I just, you know, of course, you don't think at 25 years old that that's an option for you. And um, so I went just thinking it'd be kind of fun thing to do and somehow I got in and um so kind of just from there was like oh I guess I'm just uh quitting my life and selling all my stuff and moving across the country and um yeah it was one of those things where you know I, I wasn't quite sure I wanted to make a big change but I knew you can't say no to something like that so yeah you know joining this circus and, and Cirque du Soleil so let's be really honest it's not just you know, Bob's Circus, you know, this is Cirque du Soleil, and that had to be a big experience because I know when you work for, you know, the the upper echelon of performers, uh, it's a different situation. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It was just, you know, kind of, all right, well, this isn't now just a hobby or something fun I'm going to be doing. This is the, the National Canadian Circus School, and it's right across the street from Cirque du Soleil headquarters, and, you know, this is really gonna be my career and so it was it was really um like I said not something I was super ready to to do to make that big change but I just was like man the the stories I could 
tell my grandkids if I do this. <laughs> well, that I, that I think is part of it. It's part of being open to those opportunities. And, and when you're younger, yeah. it's much easier to take those opportunities and, and have that all work out. Uh, you know, it did not go as expected. I broke my back two weeks into mm. training and um, I, I was fine after that. I recovered and was able to continue and, and have a career. But, you know, it, 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 it was a big turning point for me as a person, just sort of realizing, okay, coming from, I was a gymnast, competitive gymnast, kind of get back into that mindset again as an adult. And then you're, you're learning new skills, new insecurities come up. You feel like, oh, I'm 25, I've got it. I know who I am. And then you're in these new situations and all, you know, everything kind of, you're starting over. <laughs> I think the the term that you were, were talking about, the, um, puberty right you kind of just hit this this phase where you're like oh wow i am not a full person yet or you know i have another transformation to go through and so it was it was really eye-opening i got to know a whole new side of myself um new insecurities i had to work through competitiveness perfectionism eating disorders um so that all kind of came bubbling up and, and I, I worked through a lot of that and, and that, you know, circuitous is how I ended up here is sort of realizing the healthy people, these people you watch on stage and you're like, that is the most fit person I've ever seen. They are so healthy. Realizing that just because you look fit, just because you are, you know, 3% body fat and, and, you know, spinning around on stage doesn't mean you're healthy right? There's, there's a big difference between the way that we treat our bodies and our minds and the way that we um, look. And so, you know, thin doesn't mean healthy. Muscular doesn't mean healthy. They're, you know, I'm sitting there barely eating all week. And then one day I'll eat less sheet cake and a pitcher of beer and a thing of fries. And then, you know, and then you're back in the gym and punishing yourself uh, with push-ups and treadmill. And so it, it really um, made me realize the path to being healthy is not in the gym. And it isn't even with restricting calories. It's about how you speak to yourself and how you want to to treat your body, not just look, right? Yeah, it's that mind-body-soul piece. And right. so how do you do that? Let's, how's, how's something like that work for you? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it didn't actually. I I went through a really uh, big depression, um, switching modes from coming out of being a professional athlete uh, to a mom who, you know, you're messing up all the time when you're a mom, <laughs> you're never perfect. Um, and, and then you've, of course, got the weight and the body issues on top of that. And so it, it really came down to... Um, acceptance and enthusiasm for moving forward and letting go of any regret, you know, and saying to yourself, I'm not trying to get back to where I was. I'm not trying to bounce back. I'm, I'm trying to bounce forward. Right. And I have this new life, new responsibilities, new body. How do I love it and cherish it and, and enjoy it now and then work toward goals. So it's not like, Oh, in the future, when I've lost 50 pounds or when my kids are older, I will enjoy life. It's, I want to enjoy it this second. And you make that choice. And then that's how you can work through 
oh, and here's the cupcake. How do I enjoy the second right now? I can enjoy the cupcake, but I know I might feel guilty. Um, so you have to weigh that out. Mm-hmm. Or I can skip the cupcake, but then I'll feel like I'm depriving myself. Or how am I talking to myself about skipping it? Is it you're going to feel good, you're going to feel energized and not loaded, or you shouldn't have that because you're too fat, right? Those are two totally different conversations. Right. And, and that's so, the most important part is that self-talk. I always think, how would I speak to my kids in this situation or my best friend? That's how I should speak to myself about nourishing my body, about um, being proud of what I'm doing versus getting stuck on what I'm not doing or what I, the balls that I dropped, right? After breaking your back and sounds like around the time of your first son being born or right afterwards, you're, you're going through this depression, sadness. So how did you get yourself out of it? How would you advise somebody getting out of it? Well, it started with um, recognizing it first and not trying to just keep pushing it down. And I think I just, for the longest time, thought I was just a bad person and bad at being a mom of two kids and and I'd made a mistake and maybe I shouldn't have done that and, and I can't handle it. Everybody else seems to, but I can't. Right. And, and then you just push that down because you know, that's not a nice thing to think. And so you just try to ignore it and then just smile and keep going on. And it wasn't until I sat down to explain to my husband what a horrible mother I am and how it, I just started thinking through all these things. And I, I start talking to him about like, well, I'm, I can't do this. I'm clearly really bad at this. And he's just looking at me like, what are you talking about? I, he's not seeing the same person. Right. And right. so this thing I've had in my head, the second I start talking about it out loud, I'm like, Oh, right. No, that's not real. This is just this weird reality I've made inside my head. And so acknowledging that for me was huge. And then it came down to, you know, just meditating. And I was talking to friends who are life coaches. I'm a personal trainer. And so it's like, I got to start moving more and doing it to feel good, not to lose weight. And so I started doing all of that and it felt great. I felt a lot better and more in control, started s- celebrating things instead of, so I m- would make a to-do list at the end of the day with what I did, nice. not what I didn't do, nice. all the things I did. And um, started working through that, and it really helped a ton. But then that slowed down, and it got to a point where I was, I realized, you know, there's something chemical happening here. There's no amount of running or meditating is going to help anymore. And so that's when I went to a doctor, and I'd already seen a therapist, but at this point, I went and got some medication, and that made all the difference. Um, and so big part of what I want to do is help normalize the fact that we need help sometimes. And medications are there to help us use the systems we already have in our bodies. They're there to help the systems work again and get rid of the negative feedback loops we've created. And it's not a failure. It's not that we've done something wrong. It's not that we need to be fixed. It's just normal. We need some help sometimes. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And that's, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, we, we are not broken. Uh, as I, I've mentioned before, we're all kaleidoscopes. It's how the pieces fit together. 
your pieces are going to fit different than my pieces, and even your husband's, right? Yeah. So you're, even though the person you might be most connected with in a lot of ways, he's going to act differently. So like he saw a different woman when you were just sharing with us that that you felt. And, you know, I, I like that you use a lot of R's. And the reason why I like you use a lot of R's on the show, I do talk about one other thing that I didn't share with you is there's an R in your heart. Because mm-hmm. the fact is there is an R in your heart. And the letters uh, for heart are the same thing as earth. So I always talk about grounding ourselves. And part of your story was talking about grounding yourself through meditation. And you've been already talking mm-hmm. about some R's about repressing. We, or we shouldn't repress. Do you have a special R? For for me, I guess most simply come down to respect, right? Respecting yes. your needs, your yourself first and foremost above everything else. If you're a parent, you know, you, or even a, a dog parent, <laughs> you you want to take care of these creatures around you so much that you're just like, oh, I, it doesn't matter. It makes me happy to see them happy, but that's not respecting yourself. And so a big part of what I try to do is acknowledge that I need to be first above everything. Right. At, at and, the end of the day, you have to take care of you first. I mean, that's the old saying, you know, when you get on a plane, put your air mask on first. The real reason is because you'll pass out if you don't. So if you don't take right. care of yourself first, you can't help anybody. You're both going to pass out. Uh, even though it's your kids, even though it's your whatever, whoever you're helping, you need to take care of yourself. And the same thing goes when we're not flying. To be real honest, I am not respectful of my kids or my husband when I am not feeling respected myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am not happy. I'm not, you know, I'm easily irritated and uh, nagging and yelling and upset. And so it comes down to if I can feel respected myself and only I can I can't wait for other people to give that to me, right? Comes from me. Yep. Yeah, by setting those boundaries, right? The the bring a bat right. moment is where you're setting those boundaries and you know what you're willing to accept. And that's being right. real, which is another R word. But one of the R words I'm gonna yeah. want to talk to you about is your other company, because you're a co founder of Relish Life. Right. Yeah. So um Relish Life is fun. And actually that's such a good point. I mean, I know you were trying to lead me into saying relish before that and, and I did not. <laughs> but uh relishing life, you know, that is enjoying life. Like if there's anything I learned from being in the circus, right? It is just have fun. Just enjoy it. And so in any moment, you can't go wrong if you just think, how can I have fun right now? What's what's the thing I can do to have fun? And that's what we really wanted to bring in with relish was how do we just stop everybody right now and say, you can relish life right now. What can we do? And how can we make that happen starting right now? And essentially, we want to help teach people how to coach themselves. So it's not a matter of you have to hire a personal trainer and a nutritionist and a mindfulness expert and go to yoga class and you know do all these things that cost money and time. You can do this for yourself. It's just about learning how to speak to yourself and understand your own needs. And so we we put a big effort into helping people learn how to respect themselves, learn how to understand what their needs are, how to identify their triggers and work through them, not not repress them, right? So here I am with you using all these R words See? now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's... You know, we're a team of people who kind of, we all individually were working in in weight loss Mm -hmm. 
and all kind of fell into, oh, the key here, it's not being fit. It's not, it's not exercising more. It's not eating right. People know how to do that. The key is learning to respect yourself, understand your past traumas, regulate all of those hormonal imbalances. So you had mentioned earlier, and I think I had said too, you know, we're not broken, but we a little bit are. (laughs) So we're coming in with all this past and it is disrupting so many systems within our bodies, our endocrine system, Mm -hmm. especially, right? Mm -hmm. With all those stress hormones flying around and elevated cortisol levels, and they affect testosterone, progesterone, insulin. Mm -hmm. And so we are, we're a little bit out of whack and we've created all these feedback loops to cope. So, oh, now I'm going to reach for the sugar because that releases some dopamine in my brain because my brain's not making that naturally. And so we create these patterns and we can break those patterns quite easily medically and technically just with mindfulness practices. And so we go through uh, both practices. We have a holistic approach, includes doctors, mindfulness experts, um, licensed therapists, health coaches, Uh, and then our community of support. And we are all here from the holistic point of view of how do you feel good right now? Not just, you know, count some calories and lose your weight. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetzky. Yeah, you recalibrate. That's really what it is. It's all that recalibration when you do Mm -hmm. things. And I like that you keep mentioning respect Because that's one of the most important pieces, not only for ourselves, and and it really has to start with ourselves, but everybody else. That if you push out that energy, really it all becomes to everything else. It's all those easy things we tell our kids when they're very little. If we really stayed with that program and not let the outside influences uh, get us off off uncalibrated. One of the things I know you would talk, you talk about is uh, the root causes, uh, that weight loss mm-hmm. is a lot of times generated by root causes. We'll use me as an example. The first right. year of the pandemic, I was in great shape. I worked out every day. Uh, I was in one of the best shapes of my life. Then my daughter yelled at me. It just broke me. And I've stopped working out since. So what would you tell a client like that? Yeah, it's hard. And I think you have this one specific moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where, and then the one thing happened and she yelled at me. And I think it's important to address that one thing, but also identify, but what did it bring up for you in the past? What stressor mm-hmm. in your life did that put front and center? Um, Cause it's not the one incident of yelling. It's maybe what she was referencing or now you feel guilty for spending time on yourself uh, instead of her, I don't know what it was about, right? Yeah. But it, it it brought up something that put that stressor front and center, and that can derail everything. And I think one of the the big things that I focus on a lot is saying routines are not good, which is very counterintuitive. We want healthy routines. We want to be able to go to the gym at five a.m. and you know meal plan and all that stuff. But routines can get interrupted really easily, like in this case, by something, one stressor, a pandemic or a fight or an illness. Um, And that throws routines 
completely out the window and then you're back at square one and you're lost without your routine. So what we really need to focus on are habits and habits come a lot from how do we speak to ourselves through the stress? How do we speak to ourselves in the moment about that one cupcake we were talking about earlier? If you have the habits in place, it's much easier to work through the chaos that life is throwing at us. Um, Because if there's anything we were taught by the pandemic, it's that we have no control over our (laughs) external stressors. So we need to learn how to control our internal stressors. And a lot of that comes down to how you speak to yourself. No, I completely agree. Uh, That's why mentally uh, I'm, I'm I'm stronger because of all that. Uh, and I just yeah. haven't got back to the physical part, but, uh, but that's right. It, it's not only about what you do or, or the calories you're intaking. It's, it, it is some of the, okay, you know, if I'm not feeling good, yeah, I want the, the extra Oreo uh, for, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you want the extra Oreo, right? So having the conversation uh, with yourself, yep. okay, I think that's what's going to make me feel good. But then stopping and saying, why? Will it? Let me think about Five minutes after I eat the Oreo, am I going to feel good? What are the possibilities of how I could feel? So being able to just acknowledge all of it instead of say, I shouldn't eat the Oreo, but I'm just going to eat it and I'm going to eat it all and pretend like it never happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that's the biggest part. And that's part of that cluberty that when I, because you can always say I'm sad and why do you, you have to go into those closets. I, I, I've said it many mm-hmm. times. The monsters in our heads are much worse than the monsters under our beds. And, right. you know, uh, no matter what we do, we're our worst enemy, but we're also our best friend. And mm. once you can make that change shift for you, uh, that makes all the difference. So, How did you start Relish Life? So we, um, we met because I had a, a mindfulness-based weight loss program that I was working on. Um, that I've been running for a couple of years and I was looking for a mentor in the space, somebody who is interested in, in health and fitness, but also understood business and, and how to, how to grow. Because what I didn't like was having to charge people, you know, thousands of dollars to work with me and, and it's great. They could do it. They're paying for it, but, and, you know, I appreciate the money, but, I want, I don't want health to be a luxury item, right? I want this to be something that we can, we can afford and we can have, and it's easy and it's not something only the wealthiest or the the people with the extra time can, can do for themselves. So um, I met this woman, Liz, and she, um, you know, within minutes, we were both just like, maybe we should just start our own business together. (laughs) So we did. And I mean, it just went fast from there. Uh, we met some doctors uh, from Kaiser who have a weight loss program through Kaiser that they've been running. And um, Dr. Vince Folletti, who is the, he's, he, he ran the ACE study, which is the adverse yep. childhood experiences study, um, which proved in the, in the greater world of health, um, not just weight, but he was, I think, a bariatric doctor, but he was trying to figure out why are all my patients losing 100 pounds and then gaining it right back. And so he did a study with the CDC that dove into how are people's pasts affecting their health ongoing. Right. And 
It's in relation to the effects that chronic long-term toxic stress has on our brains and our hypothalamus, our ability to produce dopamine and, um, you know, those feel-good chemicals, which leads to us relying on other substances for that. So often addiction um, and uh, with that comes food addiction, alcohol. Yeah, all, all types so, of addiction. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very familiar with it in the, the ACE studies, but that was one of the no- notes I took. Uh, how you talk about chronic and, and the chronic stressors in our life, mm-hmm. how that happens. And that was sort of how I got to the Kluberty piece when I started doing the deep dive in my own life, what was going on and all the things that didn't bother me uh, from my childhood. And then you start hitting it and you're like, oh, that's why this happens. And I'm able to heal differently and I'm able to find the resources. You know, all those yeah. little things that don't bother us Guess what? When you start, it's much like a conversation, even an uncomfortable conversation with a friend. Once you have it, mm-hmm. you both feel lighter. And it is true. Right. We don't carry those stressors on our shoulders or wherever our stressors live. Yeah. And a lot of times we're using, well, food is medication. Yep. Um, so it, it's the thing that's helping us feel better technically. Right. And so getting rid of that feedback loop and the medications that we'll prescribe to our members are are there for that. They're there to get rid of that feedback loop. So they eliminate the your body releasing dopamine when it eats the comfort food. And so then you're like, well, I just ate the feel good food and I'm not doing the brain happy dance. What's going on? I just feel full and bloated and a little guilty now. And so you start to understand that relationship with food. Oh, what else do I need right now? Cause it's not food. That's not getting the dopamine flowing. That's not making my brain do the happy dance. So what can I do to allow that healing? And then I don't reach for that food as much. And then if I do grab my happy food, I can really just enjoy it as food instead of as, you know, this thing that helps my brain. And then afterward, I still feel guilty for eating the food. So we get rid of that pattern and we use the medications for that. And then along with that, we have therapy. So weekly group therapy, uh, small groups um, to work through a lot of that. And then everybody has a personal health coach that helps guide them through their technical triggers and, and uh, healthy habits that they can incorporate and ways to utilize maybe some of their favorite foods to actually help them stay in a healthy lifestyle versus you can never have chocolate again, right? (laughs) Like, Oh, if I have chocolate, maybe if I want chocolate, I have to go for a walk. So then you're adding exercise and activity to your life by having your favorite food. And so we're really getting rid of that punitive feeling of dieting really is what we're going taking away. the Nobody did anything wrong. Give yourself permission. And I know you said that mention, you mentioned that earlier. And I think that's the biggest piece. So I know I've used a lot of your time. Is there any gems or seeds? My favorite gem is just finding the things that you love in life, identifying them and and embracing them. So some people are like, I love lying on the couch and doing nothing. I love eating cake. I love having fast food, right? That's okay. Think about it and figure out the framework for how does that fit into a lifestyle where it can still feel good, right? Okay, maybe going to fast food every day is not good, but maybe I can stop there once a month and I can tie it to something healthy in my lifestyle. So I 
you can create these sort of ways of looking at those things that you think are bad or that society has told you are bad and reframe them because you are in control of your happiness, only you. And so you can't listen to other, well, you can, but listening to other people, all those outside influences of what is good, what is bad, what these rules are that are floating out in the ethos that tell us things are good and bad. Only you can decide what feels good to you. And so empower yourself to believe it. And, and I think that's the true, the true way we can heal our relationship with food is acknowledging that there are these rules that we feel like we have to stick to and they don't matter. And we can create what feels good to us and what feels healthy. So that's my biggest. Uh, that's awesome. So I, I thank you so much for your time. Reach out and look on- online for Relish Life. And we'll have the link. Relish.life. Relish.life. And we'll have the link and everything with the notes. Thank you so much, Shannon. So enjoyed this. Wish you the best. And as always, it's always easy to find peace and love. But remember to bring a bat. Make sure you do find your non-negotiable. And as Shannon said, it's you that needs to be coming for and looking for your sweet spot, whatever that is. Thank you. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.